When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, it is not a victory Tuesday here at the SIG podcast with Kelly seeing the sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast. But we're here anyway to discuss, and because I am a good competitor, we're going to talk with my friend Doug, the San Francisco fan, and break it down. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Kelly Singh. The sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick, sick. I'm back. And like I said, I am going to bring in my very special colleague, friend, guest, Dougie Fresh. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. Hi. So today I'm back in Phoenix for Thanksgiving. Doug's at the office. They're working. We're both working. But we're taking a little break here to talk about football. You're wearing your gear. Victory Tuesday. (laughs) Victory Tuesday. I decided to go and take a cue from you and put the Cardinals in timeout, even though I'm recording. So I've just got I totally... I understand. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm waiting for all kinds of gloating, but I'm just going to wait and see what happens. You know, um, and I told you this last week, you know, I I never felt the animosity with Cardinal fans the same that I do with Rams or Seahawks fans. So after a victory, I don't really feel the need to gloat in the same way that I would if you were a Cardinals fan or a Rams fan. Okay. I mean, I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. But I don't feel the need to rub it in. Right. Because Raiders fans are like, against Seahawks fans, you feel this way? Oh, absolutely. Raiders fans, we feel this way. Not necessarily and Rams fans, but not necessarily sure. Cardinals fans. Not, and, and I told you, I just never felt that um, the hostility between that rivalry. There is a rivalry. They're in a division. For they sure. play each other twice every year. 
but I just never felt that there was that much like, you know, and, and maybe I don't know a lot of Cardinals fans, um, but I just, you know, it. I look forward to the division games. Uh, the Cardinals have made the games more competitive over the last handful of years. Um, and, and they still have a lot of good years ahead of them. So maybe, but I'm not there yet. I mean, I'm happy for a win, but I don't need to rub it in. Well, I appreciate that. And I think I feel the same, especially we kind of mentioned this on the last show that before the Cardinals came to Phoenix, you were either a 49ers fan or a Raiders fan or a Cowboys fan. Um, the Rams hadn't moved there yet. Um, so I kind of think there's still that somewhat friendliness towards 49ers fans when you're in Phoenix. Hence this game in Mexico mm-hmm. where we had both the 49ers and the Cardinals and a sea of competing fans all actually cheering for the same thing regardless of who won it seems did you notice how loud the stadium was? Mm-hmm. It was so loud. And I loved when they would play the little clips from the um, Mexico broadcasters because they were like 10 times more exciting than ours. <laughs> they, I mean, they loved it. They they loved being there. They loved, I mean, I was looking up ticket prices for the heck of it, and the average ticket price was $400. It would have been an experience for sure. I got to see some photos. Um, There's a woman that I follow on Twitter who is the Cardinals fan of the year, and they sent her to the game, and Sports Illustrated was shooting photos and all this kind of stuff for their big fan of the year article. And it was really fun to see her take on being watching the game um so yeah it was it was definitely fun culturally i think it it was exciting i loved hearing their commentators our commentators man troy aikman i swear sometimes i feel like he's not even on the same planet (laughs) one thing he threw out there was um that DeAndre Hopkins, let me gather my thoughts here. DeAndre Hopkins is playing catch up on missing so many games now. And I'm like, that's probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard because, yeah, he may be playing catch up in the amount of games, but he's leading in basically like every category. So that was so weird. That was one piece I caught. Yeah, I think it's interesting how they um, do commentary on players that have missed an extended period of time. And, and for DeAndre Hopkins, he wasn't injured, you know, so while he was serving his suspension, I'm sure he was working out and doing what he needed to make sure that he was ready. So um, the learning curve or whatever you would call it for him to get back to midseason form, I think he was already there. Yeah. And that was and it probably was- just bad research. It really was bad research, and it's like, are you even paying attention to the data? Because he's already breaking records, so there's not really any catching up to do. It's uh, onward and upward for D-Hop. The score really caught me by surprise, 38-10. That was rough, real rough, for sure. Did it have I don't think anybody to... predicted that. No. Do you think not having Kyler Murray played a role in that? Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, I think, I think um, so. Especially with the 49ers and the pass rush that they have, having uh, another dimension like Kyler Murray provides changes their game plan and how they play defense. I agree. And the, the missing rushing yards, too. That was a big, a big thing missing from the overall offensive picture when you don't have Kyler Murray. Another thing that really bummed me out was Rondale Moore being hurt in the first play of the game because mm-hmm. this, I think, would have been a very big game for him. Not that Greg Dorch didn't step in and do a phenomenal job. That's just not what the offense had planned for. So now you're playing a backup plan to a backup plan (laughs) it feels awkward i'm sure yeah it just seemed that the game got away from them i mean they had a their first drive was really good they came down they got three points out of it but after um, the couple of big plays that the niners had with debo and george kittle and brandon naive scoring the touchdown the game just got away from them Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm just looking at a few uh, stats. So before the offense, before Christian McCaffrey trade, it was 20.3 points per game, 340 yards per game, and a 41% third down conversion rate. Nothing to sneeze at. Pretty great. Offense after Christian McCaffrey joined the 49ers, 28.5. 0.5 points. That's a difference of around eight points. 396.5 yards. That's a difference of like 55 yards per game and 55% third down conversion rate. So you're looking at what, 14% improvement on third down conversions. So uh, McCaffrey makes a big difference in the 49ers offense. Absolutely. And I think it's just from his presence. It's not necessarily production from him. It's just the fact that he's on the field and it's something that you have to game plan against. I mean, if you look at his stats last night, he only had 39 rushing yards. Yeah. 67 receiving yards. Receiving yards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I mean, just just his presence there. That's something I think um, that makes him different from, let's just say, Debo Samuel, for instance. Debo Samuel does not want to play both roles of running back and receiver. He's made that clear before. Um, and Christian McCaffrey comes in and does that. Uh, does he get total yards? difference so Debo Samuel had 94 total yards Christian McCaffrey had 106 total yards but Debo had the touchdown and your point having Christian McCaffrey as a presence on the field makes it difficult for the defense to know which weapon should they cover do they cover Kittle do they cover Ayuk do they cover cover Debo Samuel do they cover McCaffrey it makes it a lot more difficult for sure and uh, another fact, just to point out, is that the yards after catch, the top four players in the NFL with yards after catch stats are all on the 49ers. So it's, you know, free, free play planning. And then what do you do after you get after the ball is, you know, they're just tough to break down. Yeah. you're right and I mean I'm just kind of scrolling through 
Twitter taking a look at like the chatter that was happening during the game and following the game. And for the most part, I think people, uh, like I said, were surprised at how the game got away from the Cardinals overall. But then once you start breaking it down, it makes total sense as to why the game got away from the Cardinals. And then even to hear the coaches you know they have like the coaches mic they get them as they're coming out of the tunnel they get them as they're going to the locker room the difference in the way that the 49ers coaches talk to their team hype them up get them going is so different than when you hear cliff kingsbury and the cardinals he's like okay go get out there and go like literally the words all he says is go and then the other coaches are just like, you know, pounding in there. Get out there. Give some heart. Show them what you got. Blah, blah, blah. It's so weird to me. How much do you think that actually has an impact on how the players play? I don't know. I really don't. That's a very good question. I'm not sure. Except I will say that following the game, um, you have – I'm totally losing his name right now. Jeff <laughs> – uh, Jefferson's father he's a coach on the Cardinals goes to the other team and says it's Van Jefferson's father okay, and he's okay. like he's he's giving them like kudos good job you guys and blah 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 he's like talking to them as if he's their coach and and that happens uh, when the you know Cardinals win or lose, Van Jefferson's dad goes over and talks to the other team, win or lose, gives them a pep talk, and he acts like a coach. And then we have our own head coach, Cliff Kingsbury's, like who knows where he's at, pouring his first margarita. I guess I have no idea. <laughs> Is that where the Cardinals are at now? <laughs> Getting margaritas. At least the head coach for the coaching staff. <laughs> Probably. I did, um, I did, like, there's a lot of hate towards Cliff Kingsbury in general. Um, I bookmarked some tweets as I like to do, but somebody out there tweeted that, you know, thanks for the losing season Cardinals, you suck, blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of discussion. Is it the team? The team doesn't suck. Like there's something fundamentally wrong in the structure of the team or the discipline of the team or the the coaching of the team. But somebody wrote, finally, somebody agrees with me this team sucks, but when I say sucks, it's coaching and general managing. They have talent, just not the leadership. When will they understand that? And I'm like, ugh. And I would tell you this person's name, but it has like a bunch of numbers and stuff in it. And I'm lazy. But um, basically, that's kind of how I feel too. The team has talent. There's just no leadership involved. Even with Kyler Murray, you could hear Colt McCoy talking to the team prior to the game. And it was a real like leadership kind of speech. Whereas Kyler just like, I'm tired of losing I'm blah, 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 you know, so there is a lack of leadership all around and management and being, and I don't know. How do you feel about that? 
I, I mean, I, I totally understand. I get it. Um, there were many years where the 49ers had a new coach every year. We went through, was it Jim Tomsula, uh, Chip Kelly, Mike Singletary. I mean, we couldn't get a solid head coach. And then we brought on Jim Harbaugh and went to multiple playoff years, uh, NFC Championship games, uh, Super Bowl, and, you know, things went down between him and the GM. And, again, people talk. And uh, I feel like we're in a good spot. Yeah, Um, yeah. John Lynch is a great GM. Um, He makes moves. He goes after players that we need to fill positions. Um, And he has a great relationship with the head coach. And uh, Shanahan is an evil genius, I think uh, Troy Aikman described him as. Um, But even, even that, like, 49er fans can tell you all the times that uh, Kyle Shanahan has failed as a head coach or an offensive coordinator. Uh, Super Bowl against the Patriots when he was with the Falcons. Uh, Super Bowl against uh, the Chiefs when they had a 32-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, as a fan, um, I am aware of all the negative things that get said about this team when they're down. And then when they're up, it's, you know, they can do no wrong. So I totally get what you're saying. I get how the Cardinal fans are feeling. And um, you just, you got to kind of roll with the punches, go with the flow, and hope that um, upper management can make those decisions that helps the team turn it around. Because you guys do have a lot of talent. That's true. And that is kind of what we do around here on the SICK podcast. We just roll with the punches and um, try and look at the brighter side of things. It is hard to ignore, though. There are so many, so many comments out there. Most of them are to get rid of Cliff Kingsbury. That's been coming even before a series of losses, even before the record was the way that it was. He's just not the right fit for the Valley, even when we talk about Phoenix or Arizona. Um, And it's just, yeah, I was looking at some more, even people saying he says the same thing every single game. (laughs) I know he does. There's like zero direction other than go. I want to start a drinking game. Like next hard knocks, next hard knocks episode. Is that tonight? I think it's tonight. We need to count how many times he says go. And every time he says go, I have to take a drink. Yep. I think that's the move <laughs> hey i mean you got to keep the fans interested for the rest of the year uh give them something to keep coming back and watching and following the team and you know and i think cardinal fans are loyal so uh, you know you there's still a lot of season left you're right uh last week i meant to mention um our very own favorite Cardinals beat reporter, Donnie Druin, was spotted on Hard Knocks last week. And uh, we captured the tweet with the screenshot at Donnie Druin. He's a beat reporter, uh, Sports Illustrated. And um, gosh, let me get this right before I ruin it. 
He does. The publisher of Fan Nation, all Cardinals Fan Nation for Sports uh, Sports Illustrated. And um, he also does the Phoenix Suns. But right now we're talking about NFL Cardinals. And Donnie was spotted on... <laughs> On Hard Knocks last week, Silly Goose spotted on Hard Knocks, and he's sitting there on his phone texting away. Love that image. Love that shot, because who gets to say that they were on Hard Knocks, really? Not me. It's a dream. It's It's a a dream. dream. And he's got the screenshot forever to prove it. So uh, way to go, Donnie. Way to be out there hitting the notes hard if whether you're taking notes or scrolling on your phone i can't quite tell but either way we know you're working we see you <laughs> thank you doug so much for taking time out of your day to recap the game and thank celebrate you. on this victory tuesday for you thank you <laughs> i will be probably making it a five o'clock somewhere in the next hour i am an hour ahead of you right now i'm I'm actually having a really hard time with this hour difference. <laughs> I am all sorts of thrown off. But I wish I'm it gonna, was an hour. Um, what was that? Said I wish it was an hour ahead. Oh my gosh. Well makes it an hour closer to go home. That's true. I'm just gonna I am at home, so I'm gonna pour one out soon. And uh, pour one out for my Cardinals homies and our loss. And hope that the next matchup's better. You know, we may not have a bowl bound, but have, a win's a win. So let's keep them up. And thank you again. I'm going to have to have you again when the, when we are uh, back in contention. Or even if the uh, 49ers make maybe a Super Bowl run. I hear a lot about that. I would love to be back on. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Doug. And thanks, everybody, for watching. You can find Doug at Kick in the Bits, just like it sounds, on Twitter. He's growing his Twitter profile because all of us in the office seem to be doing one thing or another on social media. You can find me at Kelly and Phoenix and the pod at Sick Pod Kelly. Leave us your links, thoughts, concerns, comments, whatever you have, send it over to us and uh, we'll have a good conversation. Maybe your tweet will appear on the next show. So have a fantastic holiday week for my friends in the U.S. as it is our Thanksgiving on Thursday. Go out there and get all your Christmas gifts, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I'm going to take the rest of the week off and see you again on Tuesday. Take care. Bye. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Kelly Singh on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google play and Apple podcasts.